Welcome to the Jacked Rabbit Fitness Podcast, where we give you tips and tricks to level up your health and fitness. I'm Coach Brandon, your host, recording from Swamp Rabbit CrossFit, where it's our mission to lengthen and improve the lives of people in the Greenville area by providing the best hour of their day. You can always find out more about life-changing fitness by following us on Instagram, at Swamp Rabbit CrossFit. Now, enough about us. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, Rabbits. It is good to have you here. Thank you for spending a little bit of your auditory time with us. This is Brandon, your host, joined today by Coach Alana. Welcome. Thank you. And we just want to talk to you guys a little bit about kind of direction in the gym, what we're working on right now, and bring you into a little bit of how the sausage is made. So uh, we're, we're thinking about a lot of things and how we can continue to try to improve the service that we offer, the experience, the environment, the coaching, uh, the programming, everything that we're working on. Um, and we know that everybody has opinions on those things, uh, which is great, no problem there. But we, we just wanted to, um, riff on this a little bit for a little while. How's that sound? Sounds good. Great. So in a recent coaching demo, we were working with somebody who was interested to join the team. And uh, that's part of our process. If you didn't know that as a, a member, we'll do some interviewing and some questions and kind of get to know somebody a little bit. And then one of the steps is they will coach a class for our coaching team. And then we give them feedback. And that whole process helps us know what would it be like if you were gonna take their class? Also, how do they receive feedback? Are they somebody who's happy to be told this is something we'd like to see or whatever or not? Um, and in that conversation, Alana had a great point about direction and kind of what we're looking for and how we're coaching and what we're providing and what we're doing about life in the gym, life outside of the gym, and thinking about how our classes can help with those things. So would you mind sharing a little bit about what you're thinking there about what we're doing here and how it should apply wherever else. Uh, yeah, I think with, um, to speak to like that instance, um, just kind of the purpose of that workout, what it was supposed to feel like. And I think the intent of that was to be kind of like a strength workout. Uh, yeah, so that day we were doing a lot of deadlifts, deadlifts weighted step ups, yeah. farmer walks. Um, but to kind of, explain why we're going through that and how it's going to make us better and that we don't necessarily want to beat ourselves up to the point where we're sore the next day we can't even walk down the stairs yeah. or feel like we can't come back into the gym this is a little bit of a tangent on that but is being so sore i can't walk a good indicator that i'm getting stronger no why not because you've just broken things down so much yeah so i'm, I'm totally on board with that that it, it, it's like being a little sore is probably a good indicator. You did enough to kind of break down the, the status quo and that tells your body it's time to do some rebuilding, some remodeling. If I'm super sore, tremendously sore, I'm probably not. So the point of that uh, and, and describing that and kind of explaining to this coach was we want what we do in the gym to benefit what we do outside the gym. So as a broad kind of umbrella for what we're doing here, we're thinking about if what I'm doing at the gym makes me better at the gym at the expense of life outside the gym, it's probably not top priority for what we're gonna do. Would yeah. you say that? Yeah, that's kind, of the, that's kind of the push. And so thinking about that in terms of 
kind of coaching, programming, all those kind of things. How, how has programming shifted? What are we thinking about in terms of programming? Because our goal is to see that your life outside the gym is better for the time you spend here. I think the goal for programming is one, just making it well balanced. Um, so, you know, we have our hinging, squatting, um, pushing and pulling, and then our carries and holds, mm -hmm. and making sure that we're strong in all those positions, but burying them because we still do CrossFit. Yeah. And I think the people that come here, you know, especially like your OG members want to do CrossFit. Sure. So, um, but it's still really taking the time to make sure that we're programming properly to make you better outside of the gym. Yeah. Um, and then just making, hitting all those different modalities. Yep. So thinking about uh, the basic movement patterns, trying to spread them around, but also thinking about the single-sided stuff. Yes. Since most of life is done on one side or the other, one limb or the other. Uh, anytime you're walking, running, playing any kind of game or sport, typically we're going to be on one foot more than two feet uh, in any of those things. And so looking for opportunities to find strength balance. Along with like rotating as Yeah, well. with I the like rotational that. work. Um, that one in particular, when we're strong in rotation, we're a lot less likely to pick up a piece of paper and throw out our back. Yeah. And so we're, we're looking for ways to be more durable in general uh, and then be more conditioned, I think, in general. There was probably a season where, uh, as a, a recovering total meathead, where I was programming and everything was heavy all the time, every day. And for some people that was super fun and they wanted to be a part of that. And then those people usually also had shoulders that hurt and knees that hurt and backs that hurt and so on and so forth. And uh, kind of moving to find a balance where we say, let's still be strong. We don't have to be maximally powerlifter, world-class strong. We want to be strong so that we can support joints and, and support uh, the work that we do outside the gym, the fun that we have outside of the gym, uh, but not not spend all of our tokens as it were and say it's worth it for my body to always be in pain for me to be able to lift x weights um i think that's a helpful distinction between sport and health and fitness on a thing like that where um where where would you put those categories if somebody's interested in sport what's their main driver to be better, faster, stronger. Yeah, it's to, to win, right, yeah. if, if we can. And if we can't win, even on that, like with the win, you know it's true as a listener, because if we say, why don't you try out a weightlifting meet? What's the first thing they're gonna say? Well, I'm not strong enough yet. Yeah. I don't know if I could go compete. I'm not gonna win anything. To which we would say, hey, that's fine. You're not supposed to win, it's your first meet. If you win your first meet, you're a freak or nobody showed up. Yeah. Like there's, there's something there. Um, but for sport, it's like safety third. I'm, I'm going to push hard. I need to do as much as I possibly can and recover from so that I can be as strong or fast or skilled at my sport as possible. Everything else, distant second place. Where, or you're yeah. giving up a lot of time in your day and other activities sure. to you know, support your sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so a... So that you don't get injured and... Right. Yeah. Get stronger. Get faster. A lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of expense invested in those things, which is why professional athletes 
professional is the part where they spend their whole life being the best athlete they can, doing all that body work and food and sleep and everything else. Um, most of us don't make our livings on our sporting prowess though. No. Most of us want to play kickball or do a, an amateur meet or something that's fun if we're going to do that physically. I like to go uh, snuggle with my friends in pajamas, uh, murder snuggles and do jujitsu. Uh, and so being strong matters for that, mm-hmm. being durable matters for that, but it's not uh, my maximum squat anymore on things like that. So when we're, when we're looking at the programming, just to kind of recap that thought, you know, strength balance, side to side, rotational, all these big major planes, and then seeing, uh, I know we've seen a lot more recently, and uh, I've appreciated the kind of aerobic work where we're doing things in that 20, 25, 30 minute range you know, at least once a week because that aerobic conditioning is awesome for your heart, it's awesome for your vascular system, it's awesome for your mental and emotional health to be able to get out and move and do for longer durations. Uh, it's good for calorie balance, it's good for all kinds of things. It's not always what people want to do for like air quotes classic CrossFit, you know, it's mm-hmm. like $10 turn or 10 minute turn and burn. Um, but getting some of those things where I'm getting a lot of peripheral benefits that maybe we don't talk about enough. Here's all the good things that are happening to you when you're working for this duration or when you're doing these kinds of things, um, which is kind of the impetus for this conversation because we want to tell you here's all the good things that are happening to you. Mm-hmm. With uh, what often comes with the, the sport piece versus health and longevity, which I don't think we got into that that much. So when we're thinking about health, fitness, longevity, I'm thinking about things like, are my elbows still gonna feel good when I'm 80? Yeah. When I'm not probably gonna be looking back and thinking, man, I'm glad I benched 350 when I was 30, and now I have this injury from this thing that I did, and it's uh, nagged me for the last 40 years. Um, So thinking about durability, thinking about balance, thinking about cardiorespiratory health, um, and considering things like, if you haven't, go see your doctor, we have a great relationship with Brian at Ember Modern Medicine and get a blood panel done. Find out where your uh, risk factors are for cardiovascular disease, for other things that are pretty common these days and have a good pulse on health. Because lots of people when they come in, they say, I want to get healthier. And we say, well, what do you mean? And yeah, they're not too sure. They don't exactly. know. They just know that being active should help them be healthy, right? So looking at those things, um, using group, as a motivation, as fun, as connection, to stay stay active is a, is a great thing. Um, and then I know for me, I'm enjoying that aspect where uh, thinking kind of a coaching piece, scaling is making my body feel better, not worse, which I like to remind people when I coach, like we're here to feel better, not worse. And so mm-hmm. if I'm gonna RX something so that I can say that I did, but then I'm going to have that sore low back. Yeah. I'm going to be so sore I can't walk for three days and I'm going to struggle to get back to the gym. I understand it's a big deal. It's a, it's kind of a, an achievement in a sense, but I really like the ability to get back tomorrow and come play again and have recess and move around and, and do those things. What do you think about that? Um, kind of choosing the right workout for the day. Um, I think with the whole regards to scaling or always wanting to rx if that's kind of your mindset or you feel like that or if you're like oh i didn't rx it it's just like you're always going to stay at this level and you're going to plateau and then you're going to be like i haven't seen any 
any type of success or change since so, being at the gym. And um, I think the main focus is like, yeah, you should scale because you want to hit the intent of the workout, but also is it worth being sore, having a low back issue or yeah. like, you just did 200 pull-ups, but now you can't straighten out your arm. Mm -hmm. And um, now you haven't done pull-ups for like six months, which is which is me. <laughs> that's, and that's counter to being fitter, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I think if you kind of take like that RX part of it and the weight out of it and you scale appropriately and hit the intent of the workout, you're going to notice that you're not sore or mm -hmm. you're not so sore that you can't come into the it's gym. Reasonable, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Um, and that you've started to see some different, I guess, gains. Yeah. So simplifying scale to improve. Yeah. It feels like to a lot of people that they're, I, I get the sense at the whiteboard a lot of days where it's like, I might as well have not even come in because I scaled the workout. Yeah which to me is bonkers like that if i could get rid of anything in crossfit for a reason it would be the rx button because of that it's like you're you are better than not less than because you came in you gave a great effort you took care of yourself today you you took time away from life to invest in yourself in your health and your longevity and your ability to do more outside of the gym um and to feel bad about it, to me, man, I hate that. I hate yeah. it so much. Um, so I always like to, I joke it off and remind people, like, hey, you could have been at home watching Friends reruns and eating ice cream. You instead came in and made an investment. Yeah. Like you, you put some money in the piggy bank today. Um, and so that piece, the scaling piece, I'm finding, um, talking about quality of movement, that when I do a little less weight or I make an adjustment, I go to a goblet squat versus a front squat, depending on how things are feeling, I get better range of motion. And one of the things that, that I've heard people say before is motion is lotion. So if I'm shorting ranges of motion because I'm trying to hit a weight or I'm trying to hit these other things, then what Alana said is totally true, plateau city. Like you're gonna get to a place where you just can't support the loads, your body's not ready for it, your, your trunk, your core stability's not there because you've been focused more on the weight than on the quality. And quality is what upholds quantity in a sense. Garrett actually um, did something really cool on Sunday. So he coached the Sunday class. Mm -hmm. And it was, I think like five rounds of a 200 meter row toes to bar um, step ups and then like a single arm doubles press. Mm -hmm. So he had briefed it and then said like the goal is 15 minutes. Yep. Here's the time. Line. Yeah. And everyone kind of just looked at him like he was crazy and that there was no way. And he was just like, look, if you scale appropriately, right. um, then you will. Um, and if you don't, you're kind of just like keeping yourself at this low bar and then you're just going slow mm -hmm. and I think everyone finished in about like 20 minutes right so they had told the class told him like there's there's no way you would do this in 15 minutes and he was like yeah I will so a few people stayed after the Sunday class uh -huh. to watch Garrett do it but he scaled the weight down yeah and I think the weight for the guys was like a 50 pound dumbbell mm -hmm. and then he was going to scale it to 35, but someone was like, oh no, come on, just do 40. Do 40. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a little ego so, play. So he was like, fine, whatever. But he finished in 15, like 36. Uh -huh. um, but he was like, 
the guy was like, had you done 35, you'd probably finish. He was like, exactly. Right. Right. Uh, But it was just a good point to Mm -hmm. make. And so that people can see like, there is a reason behind it. And you don't have, just because it's written that way, doesn't mean that's the way it should be done. You have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a good thought on that on zones of training so mm-hmm. like zone one through five is a way that people will break down kind of effort heart rate output all that kind of stuff and uh, spending a lot of time in zone two which is kind of comfortably uncomfortable i could carry on a conversation but i have to take a deep breath to finish some longer sentences um, so i would never finish a sentence because i just run on forever um, and then training in zone five which is max output hard as i can go um, I probably have to rest recover before I can do another interval at that level again are really the highest bang for the buck training like zone one is what we're doing right now me and Alana are just kind of resting heart rates probably in the 70s or 80s because we're sitting up and we're talking and we're engaged but we could do this all day I mean Alana probably couldn't do this all day because she'd have to sit with me all day and that would be a challenge but the uh, but we could do this all day zone two uh, we could do it for a long time get on a bike and just kind of go. You could do 45 minutes at zone two. You might be bored. You got to find a way to interact or engage yourself, but you can do it. Zone five, it's quick, Mm -hmm. like you can push. So we've done a lot of intervals like that where it's been three minutes on really hard. Let's take three minutes off. Three minutes on really hard. Let's take three minutes off. Um, Or one minute of something kind of building, one minute building, last minute all in, take some time off. Yep. And so getting those zone five touches where we're, we're bumping up against max heart rate a couple times a week, once a week, a couple times a week is great. Good, healthy exercise. But people spend a lot of junk time in zones three and four yeah. where it's just like I'm grinding. And that's not necessarily getting you the, the physiological adaptations that you get. Zone two, a lot of great cardiovascular uh, benefit there. Zone five, same, and energy systems training. Zone three and four is kind of just, I'm just moving to move. Yeah. It's not the right stimulus to get you exactly what you want. And so if I choose to go RX and it kind of keeps me in that junk space, then it's like, okay, I did a thing. It was better than not doing a thing most of the time. Yeah. Um, But if I can hit the stimulus and I get the push and I I get up into the higher area where I should be because I'm not resting because the weight's so heavy that I got to stop or the skill is so difficult that I have to stop or I'm scaling so that I can stay in zone two and I'm getting the good continuous effort. Like those are big wins versus I have to click boom or I have to beat so-and-so because that's funny in the example you gave with Garrett, there was just a little ego play. No, come on coach. You got to do, so we went up five pounds, and if you'd gone down five pounds, definitely hits the stimulus for the, the target for that workout. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's funny how we kind of play tricks on ourselves with those things. Well, I should, I have to, somebody else did, so I've got to, where I'm just disagreeable enough that I'm just gonna do my workout, yeah. and it's okay with me if it doesn't square up with somebody else's uh, way of doing that thing. Um, so all of this stuff that we've been talking about takes a lot of time to think about and to strategize and then to uh, find out this information even. Like everybody doesn't have time to come and talk about zone two and zone five and blood results and blah, 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 blah. What's the, what's the value? Lana has recently been able to come on full time 
this is her focus professionally. Um, what's the benefit to Swamp Rabbit to our to our members? Because you're here and able to give your full attention to health and fitness for our members. I mean, I think the benefit is that you always have coaches that are just thinking about you and how to make your life better. So are there times when you're like trying to go to sleep at night, but you're thinking about a member and something that they're trying to figure out? Yeah. Every day. Yeah. I mean, even just all day. Yeah. And you can now because we've been able to thank you members and to the success in the community to bring you on as a full-time coach where you're not having a split time bartending and going to do other things to make that happen, which I'm really stoked on, um, is really cool that you can have somebody who's giving their full attention to either thinking about your issues, studying about your issues, asking other people who are professionals about your issues, um, so that we can come back and provide you with the best possible service and help you get towards your results. How's that different from your even your experience as a part-time coach here or other places? Because I know you've coached in several different gyms. I've done the same thing, part and full-time. Mm-hmm. How does how does the, the part-time mindset vary or differ from the full-time mindset for you? Um, well, for the difference for me personally is just part-time it was... I still enjoyed it, it was still like my passion, mm-hmm. but um, if someone had an issue, I just wouldn't spend all day like trying to figure out how to make it better. Mm-hmm. I'd see things on Instagram and be like, oh, that's that's cool, I should yeah. throw that into class, it's a good little tip or cue. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's been other places that I've coached where it's kind of like, I get a free membership, I'm gonna just, coach this class and then dig out. That cashes me in. I can can work out now and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and then it's my time to work out. Um, Which, whatever, that's that's cool too. Yeah. Um, But I think when you go to a gym that has a bunch of part-time coaches for a free membership, you're not getting that quality coaching where I know this person can't um, touch their toes so they can't deadlift from the floor or I know that this person kind of has a tweaky shoulder mm-hmm. um, and you can see every single person from 5.30 a.m. till 6.30 p.m. Yeah. and you know exactly what's happening. Yeah. Um, so there may be coaches in a part-time space. You know, and we have coaches who are, yeah. who are invested, who love the people in the gym, but full-time you beats part-time you at anything that you do. Yeah. Like, there's just no way that you're gonna, with full attention, you won't be even yourself with partial attention. So we love Margaret, we love Victor, we love the coaches who are helping out, Shannon. She gets to see more people now than she used to, which is awesome. Um, But what Alana's saying is, it's it's true, you just can't see everybody and maintain those relationships and have a good working knowledge of what's going on with them and and trying to serve them if you only get to spend an hour a day at the gym. Yeah, but I think too, if you have the mindset of, this is just for my free membership, then, there might be a coach that doesn't really care how you move or they'll yeah. just be like, here's a workout of the day. Here you go. Yeah. Let's and I would run say, 400 meters and then start and go. Yeah. I can, I can definitely vouch for our crew that we don't have any of those coaches. No, on I think team. all of our coaches do a really Everybody's great invested. job. Yeah. yeah Even Margaret getting to coach like one class a week is going to seminars and yeah. wanting to learn and grow, which She's is always asking really questions. Cool. Yeah. I love that. that. So that's a, that's a cool thing in terms of like what kind of coach is at your gym? Um, not knocking anybody else. 
I know the coaches at our gym and I really appreciate the amount of energy and effort they put into it. And then even more so when you get to make it a, a full-time living uh, to, to put that information or that energy in. Um, and what about thinking about those things and you know, we notice when you guys are missing and uh, it's been a little bit since you've been here. And um, how does accountability play into making sure that you have the best life outside the gym because of what you're doing inside of the gym? I think it just, it makes you realize like we actually care about you, yeah. you know? So we care about like, oh, what's going on? We haven't seen you at the gym, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and you just kind of get to have like a deeper connection with your with our members. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like there's there's definitely business models where it's like get as many people signed up as you can and then hope nobody shows up. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we have any like similar gyms to ours in the area that are like that. Like everybody's going to say, no, we want to take care of our members. We care. We want to we want to be there for you. Um, Thankfully, again, from a hiring decision, we've been able to bring Emily in to really help us out with um, about half-time work that she can spend a lot of time reaching out, checking in, connecting, noticing when people are missing and finding out what's going on, making connections on those things. And it's our aspiration to even level that up, to keep working on being able to know people better, help them with their goals, get them results and uh, make sure. So. One of the things we want to do with that is regular member check-ins. We're going to do a little more formal sit-down with a coach um, monthly or quarterly, depending on the person and kind of what service they need and what they're working on to make sure that you're getting what you signed up for. If what you signed up for was to come to class and have fun, awesome. We're providing that, hopefully. Uh, If it is to lose weight or to play with my kids or to be better at volleyball or to X, Y, Z, fill in the blank, um, and we want to be sure that we're providing that or connecting you with somebody who can provide that so so that it doesn't necessarily have to be us. We actually want you to get your results, period. If we're the best way to do that, we want to do that. If we're not, we want to help you do that. So kind of a long-term mindset on those kinds of things. Um, and to that point, I think this will be maybe the last point for this conversation today is how we're bringing people into the gym now. Um, when you've coached for 10, 11, 12 years, somewhere in that neighborhood, right? I've been around for 13, 14, 15, something like that coaching. And we've seen all kinds of people join gyms through all kinds of different programs, methods, just sign up and come in, try drop in to uh, group foundations. Have you coached group foundations stuff mm-hmm. in the past? Yeah. And then personal training that was curriculum based. We're going to do X number of sessions and it's going to cover these same six sessions every time to very individualized, tailored onboarding, which is our our latest way of of bringing people into the gym. Um, Across that spectrum of seeing people sign up and join from, I want to join the gym. Oh, great. Come to class right now. Let's go to, um, the, the more tailored individual experience. What have you found to be the, the best way uh, to get people as people, not cookie cutters, into fitness at their pace? Um, I think definitely how we're doing our onboarding is great because then you can spend that one-on-one time to see exactly how they move. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some people that 
don't really know how and then there's some that have crossfitted and they, they know how but there's always something that can be better or that they haven't noticed that oh i've been doing that over and over and over time it could cause injury yeah let's so, so let's describe kind of that very first phase so the way that we talk about this internally and we would want you to talk about it but we haven't done a good job of helping you understand this is the first phase of membership here is assessment yeah. So you wouldn't want to go to a doctor who didn't examine you and hear your complaints before writing you a prescription for a treatment. You probably wouldn't want to go to a mechanic who just started working on your car without hearing from you what's going on with it. Um, you know, you wouldn't want to hire a lawyer if she's not going to do due diligence before she gives you legal advice. Like you, you would want to have somebody invested in knowing what's going on. So we call that the assessment phase, where we're looking to find out goals, previous history, injuries, limitations, previous frustrations with trying to get in shape. Um, what else are we looking for there? Things that- Imbalances. Imbalances. So we're gonna do a, a movement screen or a movement assessment, and it's nine different movement tests. What are some of the things that you're finding when you're doing assessments with people? Um, just based off the movement assessment, um, you can easily see where their best position for their hips or feet might be for squatting or um, whether we need to work on some range of motion in your ankles, things mm -hmm. like that. Or maybe I can't go overhead or hang from a bar because I can't get my hands even to go up all yeah. the way overhead by themselves. So, so. so you've been able to see and kind of predict if we do X you're probably gonna have pain, even if you don't right now, Yeah. because you don't have the range of motion, you don't have access to those spaces. Or maybe you have too much range of motion. Or maybe you're unstable. Yeah, yeah. so you're mobile, but you're not stable. And yeah. so we need to address that. So then when we run through these assessments, again, looking at ranges of motion, mobility, stability, looking at strength balance, side to side, top to bottom, big lifts compared to different big lifts, um, and if we're imbalanced, that's a good predictor that we're gonna end up with some kind of pain or dysfunction as a result, uh, if we don't already have pain or dysfunction as a result. Um, fitness level in that assessment, because some people yes. will come in and they've done CrossFit in a great gym before, they were well coached, but it's been two years, and COVID kinda offset their routine, and they just don't have capacity right now, and we need to do a little bit of work to, to do something for that. So then we go from that assessment phase, when somebody first comes in, to acclimation. And in that space, we can start corrective exercise if needed, if we find an imbalance side to side, or we find an instability issue, or a stiffness issue, we can start working specifically on that. So it's not, uh, we're gonna do six sessions and teach you wall balls so that you can get to class, it's, your shoulder's probably gonna give you an issue in overhead movements if we don't address these issues. So let's start doing these exercises, this mobility work, this intentional stuff. Um, and, and then we can acclimatize you to what we're doing and do that in an intelligent way. Or you're coming in very out of shape, let's, let's give you some time to get in shape so that when you jump into group class, you have the base level of fitness needed to feel confident and competent um, and not feel embarrassed by your output. We're never gonna put that on you, but we know, like it's a very normal thing to feel like I should be able to do whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that's what my wife's uh, boss used to tell, tell people all the time, don't should on yourself. 
because that that puts a lot of shame on you that you don't need like nobody's doing that to you but you but we know that's a thing we, we all struggle with those kinds of things there's a little side note I want to add Please. to all of that is um, that I didn't mention in the full-time aspect of being a coach yeah. is with us um, not even just like the full-time coaches um, but all of the coaching staff here mm -hmm. it allows us to get all of this knowledge and extra continuing education to mm. be able to do like yeah. do the movement assessment and know what we're talking about right um so yeah so you, you spent hours and hours even since you've been here on formal education to yeah. work on advancing the craft and you know who is going to invest that time when they're trading a membership for coaching they're going to coach a class a week like they're not going to put in three hours this week on how to get better at coaching, yeah. how to better recognize what's coming up in a movement screen or how to solve a problem with and for somebody. Yeah. Um, building relationships with physical therapists and other places so that we have good rapport and can serve somebody kind of as they're transitioning out of those things. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. So then we have that acclimation phase. We went from assessment to acclimation. And now, for some people we're finding as they come in, they would rather do personal training full-time, and that's they just enjoy that full attention, full scope, full focus on their goals. Um, and we're getting rave reviews from people who are doing one-on-ones because they're getting to work on specifically what they wanted to come in and improve. Mm -hmm. Then we have some people who come in and they want to do individual program design. Great, we're getting great reviews on that because people are getting to work on, they don't need oversight on every single session. They've got some competence and movement and they got some motivation to do it on their own, but they don't want to write a plan or they're not sure how to write a plan and they recognize there's pros here that can help. And then we have people who come in and, and their goal is group, awesome. They get to come to group class, we have fun, we have good coaching, we have good community, good, good all that kind of stuff. Um, and so at that point, we're kind of living that active life. So our goal is we're getting you from assessment and now that assessment phase comes back again when you say, hey, I have a new goal. Awesome. At first I wanted to be able to click the RX button. I did that. Now I want to do something different. Okay, great. Let's assess. I want to get a pull up. Okay. Let's meet. Let's assess. Where are we on the journey to a pull up? If we don't assess, we're just guessing. Here's a random pull up program template that I found online. You'll probably like it. Yeah. Instead of saying, tell me about what's going on, what have you tried, and we can really get under the hood and then make a personal uh, program for that person to help them achieve those things. And so that's, again, a full-time coach has time to sit down with you and say, what do you care about? How do I help you get there? Let me go do some homework. I'm going to come back. Let's, let's do this thing. Um, so thinking about all those things for the onboarding piece, we're doing that individually because it just serves the individual better. You're not a cookie dough, cookie cutter kind of person. You have things you've tried in the past. You have things that you want to do currently or in the future. Uh, you have the, the body that you're showing up with, injuries, limitations, freedoms, capabilities, whatever. And we wanna make sure that we're addressing that individually so we can most guarantee your results. Cool. Any, any other thoughts that kind of bubbled up as you're thinking about what we're trying to do as a gym right now and, and how we're trying to grow and evolve and, and help members, uh, specifically individually, 
to grow and improve and have their best possible life outside the gym based on what they get to do here? Um, I think just in regards to like the programming, like how um, this week especially, mm -hmm. you'll see the different like weights that are listed. Yeah, more um, options. I, more options, yeah. So it's not really so much what the weight is, but just the intent yeah. of that workout. That's and great. So that was the example we yesterday. 10 thrusters, here's three different options for weights. I care, can you do 10 in a row? Yeah. Not can you do 10 at heaviest weight on the screen? Yeah. So that's great. Yeah, that's a good example. Good example. Uh, but that was just kind of my only thought that came up. Cool, awesome. Well, thanks Alana for spending a little time sharing your, in, your insights and perspective on what we've got going on. Um, I know from my side, publicly to all of you, Alana's a big part of our success. And so I'm excited to have her able to apply all of her brain power uh, or her professional time brain power to what we're able to do with and for you guys. So uh, if you have any questions from this conversation, we'd love to hear about them. Let us know and uh, we'll continue the conversation. Thanks for listening to the Jack Rabbit Fitness Podcast. We appreciate your support. If you got just one little useful nugget that will help you out today, consider heading over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leaving us a five-star review. Really helps to get the word out and share these tips and tricks about life-changing fitness with friends and family. You can find out more about Swamp Rabbit CrossFit by following us on Instagram or on Facebook at Swamp Rabbit CrossFit, or you can visit the website at swamprabbitcrossfit.com. We hope this episode is part of the best hour of your day and we'll catch you on the next one.